Welcome to the Good Luck Club podcast. We aim to bring you insights from the world's most successful entrepreneurs and change makers. They will share with you each week what they've learned building their businesses, the good and the bad. There is nothing more interesting than real life stories. Welcome to this week's episode of the Good Luck Club podcast. My guest today is entrepreneur Rich Goldsmith, co-founder at Moju. Rich, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. No problem, Simon. Good to be here. Do you mind starting off by telling my audience a little bit more about you? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, my name is Rich Goldsmith. Uh, I founded a company called Moju coming up to five years ago now, uh, alongside a really, really good friend of mine called Charlie Leak Cook. Um, we founded the business um, based on the principles of uh, really functional foods and functional drinks. Um, we were working super hard in, in sort of city type jobs, corporate jobs, having left uni and spent four or five years doing that. Um, and we came across cold pressed juice and cold pressed juice to us was uh, really a functional fix. So, you know, how can we get nutrition in as quick as possible, as conveniently as possible, as fresh as possible? Um, the one problem there was that was compromised by the fact that it was really expensive. So, um, we sort of sought about a way to, to take that product and bring it into more of a mainstream um, consumer base rather than kind of the wellness audience. Um, and from there, we sort of launched Functional Shots, which the business now today, the brand is all about Functional Shots. Uh, we launched those in 2016. We've grown that into uh, north of a sort of 18 million plus category now in the UK. Um, and that has been a, a really fun ride along the way, you know, a lot of hard work, but um yeah, we so we sort of live for we live for the team and the people, and that's such an important part of what we do. So, uh, yeah, as I say, good to be here, um, and looking forward to looking forward to having a chat. I'm a big fan of the product. I'm going to put that out there up front to my audience. So I'm pro this product, and so when I when I permanently say how amazing it is, I just want my audience to realise I'm a big fan. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, functional shots an interesting interesting model. It is definitely one of those products that if you you know if you just fancy a quick boost, you can quickly grab one and drink it, and it's no fuss. So you've done a good job there. I'm fascinated always by um, people that have started a business and perhaps not necessarily started a business before. So I'm just looking at your resume, um, which is just kind of so simple. You know, 2015, you quit your job and started this company. And so, you know, what happened? Again, always for my audience, I like them to understand the process of why people start businesses to inspire them and or scare them. Uh, how did it happen exactly? Yeah, so I, I guess it's always been it's always been there for me in terms of wanting to do something um, and create something um, for my Self. I was always pretty, I guess you would class uh, me as entrepreneurial when I was younger. Always had jobs from paper rounds since I was sort of 13, getting up at crack of dawn and cycling my BMX around the local neighborhood. And, you know, always had summer jobs and, and just grafted really. Um, and and that, the same goes for, for my co-founder, Charlie. When we left university, it was a case of, you know, we followed a very a very sort of standard path. We sort of left school, went to university. I studied engineering. Um, from there, we kind of got graduate roles. And then and then I sort of went from a graduate role, doing a commercial role for a very large aerospace firm, moved to the city, investment banking job, all the way along, not really getting that energized off it, um, for sure. Didn't find that it really kind of 
ticked the boxes for me in terms of what I wanted out of life. And, and I felt that kind of creative spark wasn't really, um, I didn't manage to kind of, I, I didn't manage to kind of, uh, express, express that in the roles I was doing. So it really went from finding a product, um, with, with a mate and a shared passion with a really good friend of mine and saying, how do we build a business that we would love to work in that other people would love to work for? Um, and how do we do it differently from the corporate roles and corporate jobs that we've had before? Um, and that was really the initial spark, I suppose. Um, when people talk about the light bulb moment and then from there it was applying a lot of the applying what we had learned in our corporate lives and, and in those roles and the different jobs and the interactions we'd have with people. And, you know, and and one thing it really does teach you is about relationships, the importance of relationships and fostering really strong, strong commercial relationships with people. And that's something we've definitely brought into, into Moju. So that was the uh, that was the kind of transition, but as I said, it was always a bit of a burning burning desire. So, um, yeah, and, and and here we are, here we are today, did five you years sit, later. Did you sit down and really plan it? Was it was it or was it just kind of like this is a really good idea? Let's just start. How, how did you get going? No, so we so we um, we did a lot of without even knowing it, we did a lot of sort of testing of the market, um, iterating the product developing the product and even without knowing it what we were doing at that point is sort of accelerating that product market fit um piece which you know tech 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 firms talk about a lot but actually we were doing that in what we in 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 how we sort of took it to market so it started off with charlie's mum's book club you know testing the recipes refining them and honing them and then we went to sort of music festivals and you know i like to say we were we were there in the morning sort of bringing people back from the dead, you know, at music festivals. And, um, it's, uh, and we were trying the product in real life with people and sort of getting that response back. And when you, when you talk food and drink, you know, it's ultimately, that's what it's all about. It's all about, it's all about that reaction you get from, from consumers. It's all about what they're looking for in a product. And the only way you can really do that, the best way you can do that when you, when you come from out of industry is to actually get there right in front of people um, and, and learn and, and learn, you know, like directly from them. So I think that's a really good insight for my listeners there. I mean, you, you weren't in the drink space before. So I guess by sharing no. the product with the consumers and listening to consumers feedbacks, you at the same time learning the industry that way. Exactly. Um, for sure. Because yeah, we came with no, we came with no direct experience. So you can imagine the, the amount of acronyms in uh, in food and beverage, just like any other industry. It was num- they're, they're numerous, and we didn't have a clue what half of them meant. Um, and that was one thing. And and but also just learning the 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 system, you know, the ecosystem of the industry that you, we were going into, and it, it takes time. Um, and that really took a couple of years to really get our heads around. But it's like any other role, you know. That's my view. Is it takes it takes six months to a year to learn a role for anyone. Um, and so that was a similar for us, really, I think what in I terms like, of learning an industry. What I, what I really like about this point, um, and again, I always want the listeners to pick up on this, is that a lot of people would say, oh, I need to go work in a drinks company for years to understand it. Um, but sometimes by going in fresh, first of all, you're not stealing anyone else's um, insights. You're doing it fresh and new and original. And you can go learn the industry, but because you've come from outside the industry, you're doing it differently. And I think that reflects in your product, by the way. Do, do you think that's a, a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, it's one that it's one that um, 
it's one that definitely, if you look at all of the the very successful businesses that have come through, it tends to come from a similar, you know, it, it gets a little bit cliched that leaving corporate world and get j- jumping into a new industry. But fundamentally you do come with a fresh approach on stuff. And, um, and yeah, I think that probably does reflect in what we've done. You know, if, if we listen to people, um, uh, of which there are numerous naysayers, um, and they're not, it's not a malicious in, you know, they're not being malicious. They're just, uh, they're just often it's because it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's cause for example, to your point, they know the industry so well, but they're also ingrained in it's, it's the, the way they do things is, is 20 years of like, this is the dogma. So by coming in from outside, you bring a fresh approach. If we listen to the naysayers, we wouldn't be here today. And we certainly wouldn't have developed the, the same product that we have. Um, when we first launch our, so for the audience benefit, functional shots are, they're essentially, a, 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 they're as close to the, to the purest form of the raw ingredient as possible. So we use things like ginger and turmeric and, and these, these, these really potent natural ingredients. Um, and then we sort of bottle them, uh, keep them as fresh as possible. And the taste profile of those is powerful. They're strong. Um, so if we had listened to people, we probably would have toned that down because they would have said, ah, oh, you know, or the, the mainstream consumer or the mass market consumer is not going to like that. But we're sort of proving them wrong every single day. So, Yeah, I also think another point, you're, you know, you're taking your experience of where you worked before and what you didn't like about it and trying to build a different culture inside your own business. I was reading about some of the things that you're doing, of course, things like the uh, float tank sessions which yeah sounds cool but maybe you can talk a little bit about building culture yeah so build, building culture for us was um you know and we're really starting to pick up more steam now i think as we've as we've started to really understand you know as we've got more comfortable in our own skin as well as a business and that, that takes time people you know great things take it take it take a long time to build and um as we've kind of gone uh, the last five years we've kind of got more comfortable in, in our own skin we understand what we're about we understand what we stand for as a business and there is an element of it it's a it's a high performing culture where we are and a very supportive one and one that really looks after its people but it is quite fast-paced and so the reason we sort of implement the things that we do is to try and make it as comfortable the, the parts of the people's day uh, that we can, we try and make it as comfortable as possible um, and provide them with things that help to look after more sort of the holistic, well, their well-being really. Um, so they can do their best work um, and sort of, and sort of enjoy it as they, as they do it. So that's taken us time to kind of iterate and develop and build. And we're at a stage now where, you know, we, um, we really focus on, We've got things like, uh, uh, we've got, in addition to things like the float tank, which actually has been completely uh, completely uh, pushed to one side with COVID. But, um, you know, and we used to do sort of a massage for the team each week and things like that, um, where they could choose their type of massage, could be sports massage or, or, or whatever. Um, but then sort of the other bigger things is two days a year sort of paid where um, they can go and pursue a passion of theirs. And it might be, a passion that's sporting related, but it also could be something where there's more social impact. So they want to do something in the local community and they, the guys can get together and do, and do things together as well. So 
there's those elements and and i think obviously more recently as well is is we've kind of gone to a fully working remote model um that's something that we're going to maintain um not necessarily fully but definitely really believe in 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 this sort of more hybrid model um going forward uh full flexi time in the business now um you know we're, we're, we're big believers that if you hire people you hire them and you you, you know tr trust is there to we trust people um and and that's what it's about so we trust them to do to do to work to their own schedule at home and and for those sort of more junior and, and younger coming into the team we just what we do there is just provide a bit more of a structure and help them sort of give them a bit more of a steer of how they can manage their day and time management and things like that yeah, again i always want the listeners to pick up on culture i think it's one of those things that's so overlooked in building out a business and one of the things i took when i was reading about what you guys are doing i really really liked as well was this cold idea that um you can go and pursue your passion and so, for example, well, there's one person in your, your your company who might become a personal trainer. He's learning to be a personal trainer. So maybe he'll yeah. leave you and go and do that. And you're encouraging him to do that. So you're not almost like forcing him to work for you. You're encouraging people to follow their passions and their purpose and support them. I think that's just so powerful and, and I think resonates within the, the brand itself. And it's one of the reasons I love the brand. Yeah. Well, thank you. And it's, uh, yeah, and I think that's, that's uh, you know, there's there will be people that, that work um, in Moju for for many many years, and then there'll be guys that go on to do other things, and um, you know, and who are we to stop that? And who are we to to not encourage that and and help and help them really? Um, and what we do hope is that people will find sometimes, or, or on uh, the majority, will find that they really are motivated. They love what they do with Moju, but equally, there's other things that they do that they also love. So. It's allowing them and giving them time to do that and, and, and saying it's all right. You know, you, you can have other interests and other passions. So, and giving them some time to, in order, so that, so they, they, they can pursue those as well. And, and I think as well, it's, uh, it's one of those old things. I don't think, I don't think everyone knows what their passion is. So, uh, some people are trying to figure it out. So, you know, we, again, we just try and encourage people to find that, um, and uh yeah it, it, it seems to as you say it it, it resonates well and um and, and it's a and it's a big big part of why we do what we do ultimately it resonates with me because I'm, I'm also trying to help people find their purpose in life and you know you're you're giving people two days off a month and, and some money to help them find their purpose in life so it, it's it's very forward thinking and um and i, I know myself pe people might leave the company and have an experience and come back you know or, or they might leave the company and go and just become a consumer and then you go into yeah. the company and go into a company where that company becomes a partner you know like there's just so many but i think a lot of people don't get this they sometimes build a business and try to keep people working hard um and 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 not thinking about the bigger picture so it's wonderful to see a company that's doing it out of interest what does success mean to you personally and for the company what's your yardstick success is an interesting one that I'm working on it sort of a lot of self I'm working on myself a lot at the moment. Um, because I am, I'm very much a, I look forward a lot and it's a double edged sword because, um, it puts me in a position where I, because I love product. And, um, so I spend a lot of time looking at what's coming, you know, what I think is going to be is where things are trending to, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's a real interest of mine because it's a natural instinct of mine to look forward a lot. And 
sometimes that means obviously that you're not li- you're not living in in the present here and now and enjoying the enjoying the here and now and i think for me success has you know as i've as i've sort of gone through the process you look to enjoying the journey a lot more and that's the success um if you're enjoying the journey rather than rather than looking at an outcome um and actually that translates brilliantly into a business context because we work we work in sort sort of and again it's around culture you know we work in 12 week sprints so the business is almost broken down into 12 week years and we work on the basis of and and within that there is sort of all of the things you do that build up to reaching your goal now those things that build up to doing that the lead indicators as they're called are the more ultimately that's the more important thing to be focused on because if you just focus on the outcome you don't enjoy the journey there and you also miss the steps towards it so um i think it translates really well and um and so that's what i'm working on so so a, a roundabout answer of saying i don't i'm now really focused on the journey um as much as i can be and it's the success for i guess success for mojo if we were to talk outcomes is to is to create a place and environment where people can really do their best work sets them up brilliantly for later in life um you know whether they are straight out of uni or if they are sort of later in their career but gives them a platform from which to go on from um because inevitably that will happen but in the meantime they're doing brilliant work we're building a great business um and we're impacting consumers lives in a in a in a really positive way um both in terms of product and the planet etc so so that's what success looks like i really like it and i like the fact that you um you know, talk about working on yourself and i think it's as an entrepreneur it's quite tricky isn't it you got you got to think ahead you got to think what you know what does covid mean for your business or what mm. you know what christmas is coming you got to plan ahead right it was there's always these things but um you know trying to live in the now i definitely think is a struggle for for entrepreneurs it's not not easy to enjoy the no. journey because because you, you're always worried about the bump that's coming in the road, right? Yeah, ex- exactly, and uh, exactly, and and that's why I say it's a it's a constant. It is a work in progress because it's you know I'll never I'll never get it get it 100 percent right, and um, uh, for sure. Mm. I, I, we were talking off air um, a moment ago about about you know people not getting sick because of your product. There's an interesting <laughs> model around um, you know, thinking ahead where you don't charge for the product, you, you charge for the day you've saved them the loss of sports income or, or, or work, or whatever. Um, that's yeah. an interesting model, right? Where you say we reduce the um, reduce the amount of sick days, for example, in, in an economy that would be enormous. There's huge amounts of revenue lost in an economy because someone's sick, right? massively and I, I, I caveat that with um you know that's that's consumers who are saying that not necessarily us that are saying that um in case the regulators are listening but yeah, um course, yeah. it's, it's uh, me saying it. I, I was saying i've, had, you I've saying taken it. your product and i think it saved me from getting sick so it was actually me saying it yeah yeah so it's it's um but but it, exactly it's uh it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to think about and i think there's been a lot more around workplace well-being and health uh in, in recent years um and I certainly think there's there's a few there's a few things we can be doing to reduce sick days. Um, I think if you focus on your focus on your people again, give them the there's no one big thing that's going to reduce sick days, but there's numerous things you can do, and that's giving people more control over their day. Um, therefore, they might be able to then 
sleep better because you know they're less an- anxious about certain things or um you know by giving people more control over their day you give them more control over their life ultimately and, and that can lead to so there's there's numerous things you can do for sure um and and i think it, it's exciting to think one positive outcome of all of this you know we're in a public health emergency still really and um but there are some positives to come from it which i think can can there's certainly it's focused people on on health and well-being and preventative health and immunity you know we touched on immunity there and it's got a lot of people starting to really think about you know what am i consuming from a new from a you know what what does my daily my day my diet look like how's that actually contributing to my health or not um you know how am i sleeping etc cetera, etc cetera. so a lot of good conversations around and and i'm a, i'm a i'm an, an eternal optimist and really believe that you know some some real positives can come of all this yeah I, I couldn't agree more i mean i meet so many people that tell me that they're getting to spend more time with their families but they're just as productive for example and yeah. so they, a lot of people say it almost as if, as if they feel guilty that it should all be about how much pain this whole situation is and of course there is a lot of pain out there but but the, as you say i think we've got to try and find the positive in it and i agree people need to take care of themselves more so that's wonderful isn't it i wanted i wanted to jump back um you, you mentioned charlie your co-founder and and this is an interesting subject i think for people looking to start businesses or have businesses like having a co-founder versus not having a co-founder you've been working together now five years clearly you still speak very well of charlie so it's, it's all working but how did you make that work did you have very different roles is it you just you know trusted each other how, how have you managed to maintain a friendship uh, and, and build a business together yeah it's, it's quite a I, i've also I'll, i would say i've seen i've seen it play out in lots of different ways um which i'm sure you have as well um and and your listeners would have done um it it, it can it can play out in in not a particularly nice way uh when when certainly you've got co-founders uh, involved um but it also can be a tremendous success and support and i think what we found is is I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be building it with anyone else you know the, the business um particularly specifically in our case you know Charlie and I very very complementary skill sets um you know he came from a sort of insurance broking background so sales background very very he's brilliant at relationships um developing and and sort of fostering really strong relationships with people um on the sales side commercially um, and then sort of, I came from more of a, yeah, more of a, uh, essentially a, a quite a broad sort of commercial role, um, myself, but also had quite a big dose of sort of creativity chucked in there and, um, and things like that. So very complimentary skill set. Um, we are, we are, you know, we, we're both, we were each other's best men. Um, you know, he's, his. I'm, I'm sort of, sort of, uh, very, very close to him still. And he's very, you know, we are very, very close. Our families hang out a lot. Um, so it's, it, it, it's almost like a brotherhood really more so than it is just mates. Um, and that, that kind of has taken the relationship to the next level, but, um, so that helps a lot, but in terms of, in terms of when it, it, it I guess the key factors there you don't you don't have to have a brotherhood with or, or a sisterhood with the person you found the business with, but it's it's very much about being open and transparent about what your ambitions are, um, and of course those ambitions aligning. 
um, and then having very clear similar values. And for me as well, it's uh, it's the it's the it's the uh, it's the energy you put in and the graft you put in because it has to be matched. It has to be, you know, it has to be clear. And I'm not saying you have to work like a, a savage all the time, but it, that's how we've kind of done it. We've, we've outworked people. That's what we'll do. And we'll continue to do it. Um, Cause that's what we, that comes naturally to us. We, we've, we've really just outworked people, but then there's been a shared, that's been a shared responsibility. And, and it's been very, very, throughout there's been no suggestion that either one of us was was sort of slacking you know mm. it's, it's, it's a well first of all um it's an amazing thing to hear because it, it's, it's a bit like marriages these days you feel like everyone you talk to is getting a divorce and having a different <laughs> yeah. times it's actually nice to hear um a partnership uh, turn out to, to to add to the friendship so um you know congratulations and you deserve it by the hard work you put into that relationship i think the um thing i love now, I've actually written a book on partnerships, which people don't need to buy now because you've just summed up the answer to it all, which I think ultimately is about having exactly what you said, the same end goal, aligning. I think having moral code alignment, the, the, these things you're mentioning, you know, they're the key to a good partnership. So you don't need to buy my book now, folks. You, you, just, you just got it for free and from which <laughs> he, he knows it. And so, you know, absolutely, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more i mean the, the key bit i think what i just highlight and make sure you agree with is um you know, having different job roles like so you have your own area then and you respect each other's area you might have an opinion on each other's area but yeah. you, you know you let each other have that area that I, I was in business with my my now wife for 10 years and so you know wow. we, we got married so that was how close our our partnership was but but the key to it was that you know she did the design part and i did the marketing part and i think you know we had an opinion on each other's work and we had respect for each other to listen but we didn't interfere um, do you think that's true uh 100 i think that's exactly the same as a as a marriage as well mm. you know oh, yeah. i uh, i f- i fully i fully yeah, fully respect fully respect what my wife is incredible at and sort of let her get you know definitely don't don't stick my oar in mm. um and and fundamentally it goes it goes both ways so yeah yeah it's, I, I completely completely agree um that's vital um and but again it for me it's a bit like the business as a whole getting to know what it stands for and it takes time and i think that also you know it, it will take a little bit of time initially for the founders to really figure out where their strengths lie. Um, and that's, that's almost one of the, when you think of coaching and development of people, that's one of the, uh, it's one of the big things that can take time and, and people can get frustrated by it. And, and also is a bit uncomfortable sometimes mm. looking at yourself and trying to figure out where you're strong, where you're not strong. Yep. Um, so it takes time. So true. Yeah, I mean, I, I think good marriages, the ones that I think uh, have lots of arguments, actually, because you can, you can <laughs> adjust to each other and understand each other. You can have a healthy argument. I think it's really powerful in business. You can sit down and review each other and improve each other um, with, without yeah. feeling offence. It's uh, very important. I'm, I'm, I'm interested, you know, this kind of leads on um, understanding Charlie. I mean, you clearly probably uh, had that entrepreneurial spirit in you. Was Charlie naturally an entrepreneur? I guess my question is, do you think entrepreneurs are born or bred? I think Charlie, Charlie was as well, um, for sure. Um, probably diff- different, different upbringing, um, slightly different upbringing. Um, 
and, and different motivations maybe uh, to originally get into it but um definitely had had that streak um in terms of born and bred it's an interesting question because um i certainly i think so many you you get entrepreneurs from all walks of life so um it wouldn't necessarily suggest that you have to come from a specific upbringing from a you know I certainly think that the seed is planted quite early on. Um, so I would say more, it's a combination of the two, but more it's sort of born instinctively, I'd say, in, in many respects. Um, because there's one, there's one, the instinct, you know, there, there is an instinct that, that all entrepreneurs will have, successful entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs will have an instinct about things. Um, and then there's, that's coupled with a, this this insatiable drive tenacity um which i guess can be bred um because because you know i i think back and i i definitely inherited that from both my parents but certainly certainly from from my dad as well um specifically from my dad because of his i just saw his work ethic for you know for for 35 years so um, so that element, I'd say you can you can certainly breed. Your parents were entrepreneurs. No, so um, no, so my mum was a uh, she was a teacher for many many years. Um, sort of ended up teaching, sort of leading a special needs unit. Um, and then my dad was actually he was an engineer as well. So he but he actually went into the engineering field. So he ended up running a. Um, a very large mechanical and electrical engineering firm in the UK. So not entrepreneurial as such, but again, I'd caveat that with, um, he did take leaps of faith in his role and he was the guy, and I know there's some crossover here. So he, he sort of took the, took the role that no one wanted in Hong Kong, um, back in the eighties. And, um, yeah, so that that in itself, you know, he moved his entire moved his his family over to Hong Kong with you know for a role that was he knew was going to be a huge huge mountain to climb, but did that, um, and then he did the similar thing again, um, sort of eight ten years later, moved to the Middle East. So um, whilst he he wasn't he was in a corporate structure, you know, still there's elements there, you know, of of breaking new ground. So I think everyone's got a little bit of entrepreneur in them if they they really they really seek it out. So maybe that comes back to the uh, maybe everyone's born with a little bit of it. Yeah, I also think what people's jobs are also impact us. So your your, your mother as a teacher, for example, to me that's also about you know teaching people leadership. It's about teaching your team how to do stuff, right? That 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 you're you're, you're getting that from your mother's uh, abilities, right? And then you're the engineering field to me that's creative. Right, that's probably where the creative part of what you're doing comes into play, right? So it's it's so I, I, I yeah, so it's very interesting, and I really like the point you're making around. You know, I feel I feel what you, what you're translating a little bit of what you said there. Purpose um, can breed entrepreneurship. So I'm 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 sure the Google founders, you know, they're not that entre- weren't entrepreneurs naturally. They're, they're seen as a bit geeky, right? But they they found this thing that people needed to order the internet, and that bred that purpose bred them into entrepreneurship, and then they hired. Eric Schmidt later, right, to, to help them run the business side of it. Um, but that purpose drives you. 
So for listeners, I think I think that's really really interesting that point you're making there. Um, but you know, you probably need a natural talent of some sort to hook it onto that purpose. Yeah, I think so, and, and I, I I do find this quite an interesting one in that um, I've listened to a few podcasts, and you know, you obviously look at the differences between the UK and the US, and there's almost like full time entrepreneurs in the US, and because of the nature of you know, because it's like turbocharged capitalism out there, it's almost all right to be a, an entrepreneur who's just in it to make lots of money, just in it to grow a big business. And so, and you get less of that in the UK. People aren't as willing to kind of say, stick their hand up and say, you know what? I don't really care so much for the product. Actually, I just care for the, for the, for the challenge of growing a business and, and the outcome it can generate. Um, which I find is an interesting dynamic between the US and the UK. So I do think it's certainly there's a lot more talk of purpose here in the UK, Mm. um, for sure. And I think there is generally a greater connection to the product. I actually agree with you. And uh, and I've spent a lot of time in Hong Kong, as you know. Um, I think in Asia, this this purpose is emerging. You know, people have made a lot of money out there. And and, and in Asia, just to add another layer to it there is a real desire to to make the world a better place um but but i think it does take maybe generational impact um, somehow like maybe if your parents have been successful people see money brings you happiness or it doesn't right a lot of people are in emerging mm. markets america it seems like money is the holy grail to it all right somehow if you've got money all your problems are solved but we all know that's not true and sometimes you need experience <laughs> yeah. um maybe of your parents my parents made a lot of money and then they lost it all. So I had that experience to know that money wasn't going to be the be all and end all. But sometimes in some of these emerging markets, and I'm going to call it America an emerging market, <laughs> uh, you know, that they don't have that experience, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, yeah, it's, an, in, it's an interesting one. It's, it's an interesting, I, I, I find it fascinating, the difference uh, we, we, we often talk about, uh, specifically the, the US-UK thing. Um, and the difference, you know, common language, but... Um, very, very different. And, and not to say there aren't amazing purpose-driven businesses out there and mission-led businesses, but what I, what I guess I'm saying is that um, they, they almost, it's okay to just be upfront totally. with your intentions. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I, And it's I probably a bit more, more so than here. No, I, I, I agree. It's interesting discussing the cultural differences because I think with people listening, and I've got a few listeners in America, they, they might think we don't know America. I mean, I've personally spent a lot of time out there. But I think, I think what it is, 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 and what you're saying, which I really, really find interesting, is if, if I talk to entrepreneurs in America and podcast hosts that are doing this sort of thing I'm doing in America, most of the message is work, 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 and money will come. You know, that is the general message. You know, you want to be rich, then just work. And, and I think with your company and what you're saying, what I believe in is actually it's about the journey, right? And that is not talked about enough, right? It is about enjoying the process, having a team that's happy, having a product that makes an impact and makes people's lives better. And, and I do actually think that that's a good message to export to America. Maybe we're in our new trade deal. Yeah. We can, uh, we can yeah, get true. that built into our new Brexit <laughs> deal. But, yeah. uh, but I actually you give think us that, chlorinated chicken. Yeah, we'll and, give we, you that. and we'll give you we'll give you the meaning of life, you know? It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good trade, isn't it? Um, but uh, but do do you, I mean I'm interested in your view on luck over the last five years in the business. You know, have have you had luck? Do you feel like um, you know how, how do you view luck? luck? Luck's a really interesting one um, for for me because I don't I, I really believe in putting yourself in the right position um, 
and it and it's uh, I think that's a major factor. Um, rather than s- sitting where you are, looking for it to come to you. Um, so I think that's one aspect. I think there's so I think there's so numerous. I don't think I could I could genuinely not say this is where we've had a lucky break. This is where we've had a bad break. Um, because I think they're so numerous throughout the day. They're kind of like micro wins or micro losses through every single day. Um, that certainly, certainly I wouldn't be able to put myself, my finger on one big thing. Um, so certainly, I certainly, uh, I think I believe I'm a bit of a, you know, uh, uh, as I said, eternal optimist and also believe in a bit of fate and, and luck. But I do certainly think there's, if you're proactive and, and, and you, you, you put yourself in the right position, I think it will come your way more often, for sure. How do you see growing the business going forward? It, it, what's the innovation? Um, what's, what's next, do you think? Um, for, for us, it's, um, we've only really, you know, we're, we're, now, we're now established. Um, we're, we've done what very few managed to do, which is create a new category, essentially, um, and build it, um, despite, you know, the, 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 the external pressure of, um, obviously the, the very large corporate brands. Um, and we managed to do that. And, but from this point forward, the reality is, is that few, you know, in, in, in national terms, we're still, we've hardly scratched the surface. You know, we're, we're, we're heavily sort of London Southeast. We're nationally distributed, but you know, heavily London Southeast loads of headroom for growth for us. Um, and a category that's sort of bucking the trend where functional shots is growing. Everything else is in decline pretty much in particularly in, in the wider soft drinks category. It's had a really tough year. We're still growing. Uh, functional shots is still growing. We believe it's all of the growth drivers are there, you know, um, talk to touch on them, preventative health, um, you know, um, immunity, um, sustainable, sort of more conscious, sustainable mindset of the consumer looking to, to, to buy from brands that they can trust and that they know are authentic about what they do. Um, you know, so there's a number of different growth drivers in addition to those that we believe, um, we believe gives us plenty, plenty of headroom for, for growth in the UK. Um, and then of course there's, there's sort of international markets as well, which we're sort of just scoping at the moment, but, um, we've not sort of rushed to do international yet because we, uh, we wanted to, to, to be very significant in our domestic market. So if there's any American entrepreneurs out there that want to, uh, build something with purpose, then maybe they could reach out and help you with distribution out there. I could definitely, I'll definitely always up for a conversation. Give, give America a quick hug there. Uh, five, so five years into the business, I mean, that's quite a significant amount of time. Do you, do you feel like it's gone fast, gone slow, just just still at the beginning? How, how do you feel mentally about it? Yeah, it's uh, a lot more grey hair, <laughs> a lot more grey hair. I don't know whether that would have happened anyway. Um, it's gone, it's gone... Uh, it's gone pretty quick, really. It's been a proper, you know, but then I, it's one of those that feels like it's gone in a flash, but then I look back and I think of how much we've done and how much we've achieved and, and the work that's gone in um, and the people that we've worked with. And um, it, it, 
it's actually, yeah, it, it feels like a bit longer then, but um, it's been, I think the reality is, you know, when you get into, into what we do and I'm talking very categories or very industry specific, because if you want to build a real brand, a brand with an evergreen brand that will be here in 50, 60, 70 years time, and you want to build something of real substance, um, it takes time. Like, like ev everything, everything great, you know, takes time to build. Um, and it's very specific to what we do, physical product, tangible product, you know, there's certain constraints around distribution and, you know, it can only come so quick. Um, unlike some tech companies that you get where they build brand incredibly quickly and they can scale much, much quicker, which is, which is really interesting because you've seen, I think you've seen a lot of venture money go into businesses that are consumer packaged goods businesses chasing kind of venture returns and venture scale, but they're all, what they've all met is the, that kind of hard stop of yes, but you're, you're shifting physical product around. It's not got the same scalability as a, as a software business. So it, it, all, it, it takes time in short. And, and so we're, we're here to build, as I said, the right business, a great business. Um, so we're not, we're not sort of getting itchy feet at this stage for sure. We're just, um, and as the business grows and becomes more mature, it just, it, it becomes a more fascinating, brilliant business to work in. Um, so yeah, excited for what's to come for sure. Also interesting. A lot, a lot of my listeners reach out for, for information and support. And a lot of them have families, young families, and they dream of starting a business, but feel such responsibility for, you know, feeding their little ones. I know you've had children um, while building the business, how's that played out for you? Um, well, it's, it's, it's been amazing. Um, in that, but it, it, that they really are my, they're, they're, they're everything really to me. Um, my family more, they're more important than anything. So, um, but at the same time, you have to, you have to balance that with, with, building the business and being distracted and time away. So that's been challenging. Um, but focus by focusing on them. So, so things do have to, you do make sacrifices and, and really for me, the sacrifice has been more so my social life really with mates and my mates have been really understanding and but fundamentally don't have much of one really. Um, but the, the, the focus on the family helps to ground, ground me. Um, and, hugely grateful because it wouldn't none of it would be possible without having a an, an amazing an amazing partner and wife um no none of it would be possible so i can sit here and say that you know having kids has been been pretty straightforward um but it obviously hasn't but it's been made a lot easier by having an amazing wife i think you highlight something else there that's so important for people to pick up on i i think your partner in life it's probably it is the most important deal you ever do you know that that person supporting you in your dreams um without doubt i mean i've i've, I've invested in a few people in my time and i i've always worry when their partner starts you know saying things like i wish we could go on more holiday and why are you working so hard and you know it gets really tough for the entrepreneur if they don't have that that loving support and uh, such an important piece there so I'd like yeah. to give a shout out to your wife it's awesome yeah for sure yeah. danielle 
Um, definitely a shout out. Whether, whether she would listen to this or not, I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> she gets bored enough of my voice anyway. But um, she, she, uh, no, I, I completely agree. And and, um, and I think it's that. I think there's been a completely unwavering support, really, and and no, and very little pressure on on me to, you know. But but I think I guess there's been the, the, the pressure hasn't been there because I've really tried to do my very utmost to, to, to focus and my time and effort. And when I'm with them and, you know, to really focus on them. So, but it, but it's very, it's very important to me, but, but I feel very, that's where I feel huge gratitude and huge luck um, in finding that person. When, uh, when you quit your job and said you were going to do uh, this, this business, did, did, was everyone in, was it, or was it did to convince you of it? <laughs> Well, I was, yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, what was the, I think I've, 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 st- I'm still not earning what I, what I earned back in the day. Um, that was a stat. I think I'm still well, well, you know, pretty short of where I was. So, um, you know, I was, I was in, I was doing, I was doing okay. And, um, you know, very, very lucky to sort of, to have, to have, to be in that position. Um, so but it was a, it was a fundamentally a, a big shift and a big change. And for those to say, people don't, aren't naysayers because they're malicious. They, they're, they're fearful of what they don't understand and what they don't know. Um, and so that's the majority of people were of course saying, are you sure? Um, and frankly, it's a, it's a moonshot. You know, we were, we went into, and for those more educated about the space, they were like, rich, this is, going to be really hard you want to get into drinks you know beverages is probably one of the most competitive the, the, the most the most competitive categories in that industry and uh sort of i said well i've never been scared of anything in my life really and um and always up for a challenge and both both charlie and i are fiercely competitive in a in a kind of well, i like to think a positive way um with ourselves more than anything. So we were up for the challenge. So, um, yeah, so we just, we just, we just sort of went for it really. And, um, I was just glad it's, glad it's kind of worked out the way it has so far. Right, it's, <laughs> Basically. A, it's, it's also that belief, isn't it? It's, uh, it I, I think it's, you only regret in life what you don't do. So I guess if you had this idea, you've got to do it. And, and, I, and, I, and another point I want to pick up on what you said, because I want people to feel this is, um, I think children, and Rich, you can jump in if you agree or don't agree. But I think children, they, they get energy from you. So if, if that, you know, you're out there and you're doing something you love, you come back and, you know, you're building something that's purposeful, that's helping people, uh, in your case, you know, enjoy their job all the way through to, you know, be healthier. I think that that is something really inspiring for your children. And so, you know, taking time out to go and do that is just as important as taking time out to spend time with them, right? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'd really agree. Um, and, and, and I can only, you know, aspire looking up to, to my folks in a different way, but it definitely is, it, 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 it engenders a lot of the sort of, you know, that, that, that real formative stuff in kids. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's definitely a good, good observation that my, my son, um, I told him today, I'm, I'm interviewing an entrepreneur uh, on my podcast show and he said, okay, dad, I'm off to the zoo. I'll tell you about it later. There was a part of me that was like, why, why would I just want to go to the zoo with you? You know, but, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. we've got to do good things and, uh, it's beyond just 
being there all the time for, for, for our kids. And so, yeah, it's inspirational to hear you um, also having that view. I also see a new brand, by the way, well, a new sub-brand, Moonshots. Moonshots. Let, let's get that. Moonshots. Let, get, let's get go. that brand on the shelf. That's true. Yeah. I, didn't try and, I didn't try and chat that in. If, uh, <laughs> no, that wasn't a sneaky one. Yeah, uh, I didn't even think. But, like yeah, it. Moonshots. Like it. It's probably going like to come out next week. It's, You're planning it's ahead. Tain- yeah, exactly. It's been tainted slightly by, uh, I suppose, by, by our our prime minister recently with his chat around vaccines but um, oh i, mean, I didn't yeah. see that oh uh, he, he talked about i think a vaccination program that was sort of no one's ever seen before and uh, he called it the moonshot i think so oh dear. he's, he's oh dear. gone and ruined that one <laughs> okay right no no one's ever going to launch a brand called moonshot now okay good <laughs> all right look I, I could um i could talk to you forever i just wanted to quickly ask you a couple more questions and, and then we'll let you get on with, with with running your business um you, you know you, your education do, how do you feel about education how, how's it played a role in your life I think it probably defined in, 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 in as much as sort of corporate working sort of informed what I didn't how we didn't want to build the business or, or taking the best bits and sort of leaving the, the, the worst bits behind I, I had a really interesting I basically was that kid at school who was constantly told told off for talking in class. Um, didn't didn't always was sort of challenging, I guess, ja- challenging teachers as much as I possibly could with questions, um, and and just just but also just just academically just wasn't that interested fundamentally um, until until a bit later in 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 school life i got a little bit better and then university i really sort of bucked buck my ideas up um because i just i just didn't want to squander it and throw it away um but but what i found is i was state educated and found you know found through that system that um there was it was very very sort of it was quite dogmatic we sort of touched on it you know sort of that that word again or or, or relatively formulaic in in that you know you study sciences or 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 sort of the more traditional su- subjects and then you look to you look to go into professional services or become a doctor um uh, or an engineer or there was very little talk at that time of like the creative industries and things like that so i wouldn't be where i am today if i'd potentially gone down another route so so it was it, it, it i definitely don't there's no regret or there's no i wish i'd worked harder at school to be honest um because it would have just been a bit easier if i just applied myself a bit more um but it definitely taught me a lot as well um so that's that's how i kind of feel about education i'm not i'm not entirely convinced i think it's very i, d- I don't think kids are being prepared for uh, um prepared for the outside world particularly well often um I think there's a lot of merit in sort of more practical, more practical side of things and actually teaching people about the real practical stuff that you have to, you know, go through in life. You know, what does, what, 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 what's a mortgage? How does it work? You know, how do you actually, how do you, how do you save now in order to put yourself in a good position for later? Or, you know, what, what are the fundamentals that you'll sort of come up against as a, as a young adult? Um, and I, it's, it's interesting actually, because, thinking about it now is uh our daughter's going to go to a montessori and i'm sure there's i'm sure there's lots of uh pros and cons or, or at least people who are pro montessori con montessori or whatever it may be but i love that concept of them being sort of just 
taught how to figure out life yep. and being sort of and being trusted even at a young age to kind of figure it out and uh and and be more practical so hey why why don't we just carry that through the schooling system um to a later I'm actually surprised many people don't know about Montessori. My son's just started going to a Montessori school as well. And for those that, my listeners that don't know, I mean, the basic principle is you don't have a set time for maths one hour, set time for art yeah. one hour. You basically have a room full of stuff and you can go and do what you love to do. Uh, and you can move around that room doing what you love. Um, and you can focus all day on the one thing you love or you can go and do something else. And I, and I, and I think that is how life should be. Um, and so I, I couldn't agree with you more. I actually think you know what you're talking about. There's really really fascinating. I probably have you on just talking about education, but the whole drinks industry set in its ways. You know, you come in and do something fresh and new. I think education also needs that. Um, I'm a bit biased right now. My wife's about to launch a subscription box, which is based on the Montessori uh, model, oh, wow. trying to bring Montessori to the mainstream because Montessori still is quite hard to access for, for a lot of lot of lot of people so so you, you know, absolutely uh, agree with you that um, that, that there's, there's a change there needed and i agree with you the kids aren't prepared properly for for what's what's coming and and it worries me a little bit about university in particular because i feel like there's a pressure to go to university because you're never going to get a job unless you've got it and then there's the debt that builds up so i don't know if you have a quick opinion on that i don't want to uh, yeah well I, I can tell you being on <coughs> on the hiring end um you know we see a lot there are a lot of graduates out there with degrees and it's not a differentiating factor anymore mm. so if they if they if people believe that that's the the route to to it's it's literally a hygiene factor now in some respects for, for a lot of employers we don't just focus on university degrees because actually we've hired people from out of apprenticeships who are amazing um that's a different thing entirely. It's, it's challenging. You know, you, you, it, there are sort of diamonds in the rough sometimes in that regard, but um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not a massive, I'm not, I, I think it should be, it's much more about less cookie cutter and people to your point, following what they're good at, where their strengths, where their strengths are, where their passions lie. And maybe that's not university. Um how do you hire yeah. people in, in that regard? Is it do you have a, a worked out method now for figuring out whether people are going to enjoy working with you? How, how do you do it? Um, increasingly, increasingly, it's more um, it's it's more values like values based hiring, very very sort of focused on that. So people have to be really um, very much aligned with how we see the world and they must share that kind of view um so it's, so that's one aspect but then we're also we've got better at hiring as we go as we've gone it's, a, it's again it's another skill um and something we've got better at again not not something that we'll ever you know um we'll ever get completely right but um also just trying to you know not being too prescriptive that's something we've been doing more recently not too prescriptive on university education for example so you're sort of casting the net further um, and also making sure that we're trying to get people in from uh, different backgrounds. Um, so you've got that. You, we don't therefore just hire out of red brick unis, you know, and therefore if you're hiring just out of red brick unis, more often than not, you're hiring a certain type of person from a certain background of a certain, of a certain race. <laughs> and that's, and that's a problem. So 
that's something that we're trying to address by, um, as I say, just casting the net a lot further, but also we will be looking to build sort of closer relationships with the places and institutions that, that we can, we can get access to talent. Um, basically that, that, that don't kind of fit in that mold of the red brick uni. Well, it's wonderful to hear as well, fresh thinking on recruitment in that regard. I think it's definitely uh, needed. So just ending um, the podcast, I'd love to ask you, if you went back to your younger self, which, and gave some advice, what would it be? <laughs> um, what would it be? Um, I'd probably say, probably say, enjoy the moment a bit more. Um, enjoy the moment a little bit more. Um, and, and, and almost try, try and, uh, communicate and articulate that feeling of when you really work super hard for something and you achieve it, because that's what I was kind of lacking when I was in my school years, actually that application of effort and the, 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 the amazing feeling that you get from when it, it, it comes off, um, was something I'll probably go back and tell myself to sort of knuckle down and actually, cause it's an amazing feeling. So when you, when you, when you achieve something after putting a lot of work in, whereas I kind of was, was just, just cruising a little bit when I was younger and just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, um, so that a couple of things, but yeah, probably those. That's one of the best answers I've had. I, I really, sorry to anyone my other guests. I, I really enjoy that point that there is an element of, um, you know, I, I sometimes look at my son and I'm, I'm really, you know, happy and that he's happy. And then I, then suddenly I kick into like worrying, you know, what if coronavirus gets him and you know, have all these bit like you were saying earlier, the planning ahead piece kicks in. And sometimes that's a mistake, you know, you just enjoy the moment when you're happily looking at what you've got and enjoying it. And uh, I think we, if we all did that when we were younger, we, we'd be a lot happier. <laughs> I think a lot, a lot of young people also worry about the future and they're always concerned about tomorrow. And so they just, hey, right now I'm healthy. Um, you know, my yeah. parents are healthy. I've, uh, you know, life's okay, you know, and just enjoying yeah. that, that moment. And so good advice. Thank, thank you for sharing it. I'm going to quickly sum up um, some of the things that I've taken away from this. Um, I think great things take time to build. Definitely sits with me as so, so true. And I want people to take that home and remember whatever you dedicate to. It's not build it, sell it, move on. It really is, you know, a, a lifestyle choice. It's not a tactic. And, 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 and I like that a lot, that whole great things take time to build. Um, I think this find your passion and take time out to do that is also golden advice. It's just so true. And I think for a lot of people that are like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Well, sometimes people don't give themselves the time to figure it out. And, and certainly the passion part, as you, you know, find the passion part is so important. Take time out to do that. So thank you for ena- enabling your team to do that and 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 thank you for that advice enjoy the journey which we've mentioned quite a few times um, and I, I kind of appreciate the moment a little bit more as you put it uh, i really i really like that too so uh danielle you rock just make sure we uh maybe sure this in, but awesome everybody um i guess needs a, a charlie in their lives if it's a business partner or a friend um you're very lucky and uh, that's awesome. That's so so wonderful to hear. And uh, I do think that we uh, we need to think about Neptune shots. Maybe then uh, moonshots. That <laughs> but, uh, once in your life, you you know you got a moonshot. You got it once in your life. You got to you got to go for it, and you've gone for it. And so um, pleasure to have you on the show. Pleasure to hear your story, and thank you for sharing your insights with us, Rich. Cheers, Simon. It's been been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.
Thank you for listening to today's show. I hope you found Rich's insights useful. I know myself personally as an entrepreneur since the age of 15 years old, sitting down and talking to people like Rich, I learned quite a lot. So I hope you did too. If you found what he had to say useful, then do me a favor. Go onto his social media and give his company a like. It doesn't take much, but it would mean the world to me. And I'm sure Rich and his team would appreciate it. You can go a step further, of course, and go out and try one of his amazing drinks. That's what I'm going to do now. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Good Luck Club podcast today. We know you have thousands of podcasts you could be listening to, and you take the time out to listen to ours. We feel exceedingly grateful.